Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I've got a lovely cup of coffee. Oh, and I am going to moan. Go for a moan. Oh, I am going to moan. Go for Mark, a it's not quite enough look, can it? Go for... We'll go and get some. Can you heat me some up? No. Please. Heat you some up? Yeah. No. That, oh, we're on, not doing that be, live. No. You go with it. It would be a loving thing. I don't care. I'm not doing it. Absolutely not. What in the middle of this heating milk up? We're supposed to be ready. I'll keep company. I'll keep them company. No. Because then I won't heat it the right amount. Then you need a bubble. Then it'll get a skin. <laughs> then it won't be in the right fucking pot. <laughs> then it'll be poured in the wrong way. Then it has to be poured from a height. I would if there was any no. joy in being He's joyful. starting to break down now. He's starting to feel bad. He's so... Do you know what? Can I just say? No, I'm not going to You are you. very, no. very lovely. Mm. Do you know that? Thank you. You are so lovely. Not to say that you're not very, very annoying, but you guys don't even know how lovely he is. <laughs> okay, guys, let's move on. You are. You're such all, a lovely person. Oh, I'm dazed and I'm confused. Um, so I've got to be quick. Got hospital appointments today. Had hospital appointments yesterday, and so oh yeah, shall I tell them what happened? Well, in my you life? had yours, and I've got them with yeah. my mum. So and yes, it's, do it's share. It's hospital crazy. So so I don't know whether they knew what happened with my eye before. Well, I, I did tell I the story that, on loose women. And yeah, of but course, the, the press covered it. Oh. We, I, I got lots of messages saying, "Is Nadia all right?" I've but, seen the story. But, I said, "No, it happened a week ago." But I was so cross. About because you know I I don't look on the online I never look at anything of myself but it just kept popping well, no, up, pops up that I was rushed to hospital I was not rushed to hospital and I hate that kind of over dramatizing because it makes me look like I've been a total drama queen it was a bit you scary. not a drama queen it was a bit scary um, tell them what your worst fear was. Well, my worst fear was that I was losing vision in my eye, because I was. But I found out yesterday... Morning, Reese. Happy birthday again for yesterday. Um, so, long story short, because we'd, we'd vlogged the ear thing, so I'm not going to say the thing about the ear. We'd come back from um, having my hearing taste done. And, um, and I was, like, bouncing about, showing off, being silly, and then suddenly this, like... You know when you get the floaters in your eyes? It was like that, but it was big, and it was like coming across from the left, like that. It was really quite sudden, and then... Like the clouds Like even now, when I do that, there was just like a smudge. It was like somebody had smudged, had gone like that, on my eye. And I was like, all evening, I was like, oh, I was getting a bit more and more nervous. And then, um, and then, got up in the morning, couldn't go to the opticians because I had loose women. Did the morning meeting and then straight afterwards rang the optician, as you always should with anything with your eye. Really, I should have gone the night before. And um, and said, oh, I've got this, I've got this. Is it all right if I come see, you know, after the show? No, it's not. You have to go now to Moorfields. I was like, I was just about to have my makeup done. I can't. Anyway, big panic producers coming down how we get another loose woman get us a car cars were arriving to take me here and there and then gloria came in and she went nadia i've got a doctor you can talk to a top eye surgeon gloria always sorts out everything anyway got on the phone to him and he asked me all these questions he said listen you do have to get to the hospital but it's all right you can do the show 
So there was like the mad, because nothing is going to be done before that time anyway. So I was still like, God, it was, it was scary. I was having to do mm. this over mm. one eye to be able to see. Like still now I'm doing that a bit to read. Anyway, went to the hospital. Long story short, they looked at everything. They are amazing, Moorfields. Photograph back of eyesight of our da da da. Anyway, so what had happened was, on the back of your eye, when you're young, you've got a ball of like collagen jelly stuff. And then as you get older, it, it breaks down. I think because I've been in the sun a lot through my life, I think mine has broken down quicker. I've got early cataracts as well. So, so it, it, it breaks away from the back of the eye. So a bit of it had broken off. It's so amazing. They can see it in the is camera. Is this a quick story there short? There it is. And it, it was there, like the bit. And so because of that, I had a, I had a microscopic hemorrhage. Yeah, in so my it was eye. a bleed, essentially. It was. And I was like, I don't care if it's microscopic. I don't want the word hemorrhage in my eye. No, you don't. So anyway, no, it's not nice. Two weeks later, went back yesterday, put all these drops, do all these things. Long story short, I said, yes, I'm getting used to the frilly bit. I said, but it's still smeary. Is that ever going to go? And he said, oh, that's the blood. That's the blood in your eye. People haven't heard this story. You're making out I'm being really boring. Not at all. I'm saying, oh my God, a blood across the arm. What the fuck? You were going. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's gone it's, on a bit. No, no, no. Not this bit. You were getting, you were, there was a bit in the middle where you did a little bit of a nanny die deviation towards TFL and A. You got where you got no, to. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was talking about the tests. <laughs> anyway, so what, people so are what interested is it? in other people's no, eyes. No, I'm interested. We were all interested. We were talking about it yesterday, but. I felt like I was being boring. No, no, not at all. Long story short. Long story short. <laughs> Um, Reese Roberts is saying that he's noticed that lots of people he knows have uh, d developed <coughs> floaters. Floaters are becoming a regular affliction. I know a few people who've suddenly developed them. Please don't say this is going to be but, something but that comes like out right. Like... This thing now to know, Reese, that this thing that feels like a smudge is the blood in my eye. I don't know. Is it anything to do with your retina? <coughs> No, but they said I'm more susceptible to getting a detached retina because of it, which right. I don't like. Right. I detached my retina, or I got, I, I severely scarred my retina playing rugby. Oh, here we go. We started on a detached retina. We've arrived no, at severely, severely scarred. No, severely scarred is not a serious. You detached. have not got a severely scarred. No, I haven't scarred. now. I had it when I was younger. A scar is they, for life. They, and they went in, and, and so I understand that that just a blur, which is like you know when you wear glasses, yeah, and, you get and you've got one smudge, and you're like, it's always there, <coughs> just like that. Anyway, and they they showed a thing or whatever they took a photo, a photo of it, and it had lots of perforated dots. It's horrible. But you're on the mend. Somebody just said the retina or cornea mark. Oh, retina. It was a deta detached retina. I mean, I'm, this on is my the they I'm on the mend. He said the blood should have gone by now, but you're fine. I thought, well, I don't really like to think that the blood should have gone by now and it hasn't. No, that's not But there's no more bleeding, so no. that's good. Okay, so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the tragic story of uh, Robin Windsor. It's again, we don't have a definitive on this, but the, the, a lot of talk and a lot this of chat. This is the live, Lynn. It's live now. This is there's a lot of talk and a lot of um, <coughs> articles floating around with discussions with his former dancers about the nature uh, of how he, you know, in which he was found, uh, and the lead up to his his tragic death, which was reported yesterday. Um, as a, a number of you just said on the Instagram live, uh, their comedy actor. Ewan McIntosh, mm. who played Keith in The Office, has died Keith at the age of 50. Um, that's oh, kind of just broken this God. morning. I've seen him pop up in a, in a few other things. He was, he was, it's that classic thing of, I think he was notable for, it's that underacting, under, being, who was it? Oh my God. Underacting just, is very hard. It's very, very hard. And he, mm. 
he just maintained that level. It takes great courage to give a performance really, like yeah, that. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking about him. We're going to be talking about uh, <laughs> our, our attempt to fire a nuclear missile, which... Last time I talked about this, someone contacted me and went, someone, some, listen, someone, con yeah, someone contacted me and said, laughing at our Navy. That's nice. Well, it's not oh, their fault. I'm not laughing at them. I'm not literally laughing in the face of the submariners who tried to fire this crock of shit. Not at all. I feel sorry for them. But they're given dodgy kit. Yeah. Poor fuckers. Anyway, so we're going to talk about our attempt... Sorry, it shouldn't make me laugh. If ever there was a... Anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute, sorry. Uh, we're going to talk... We're going to try and unpack the ceasefire vote that's happening today in Parliament um, and the unedifying um, process of watching the leaders of all government, you know, political parties, mincing <laughs> their words and chopping this definition up and not being able to agree on a simple call-out for a stop to the violence, to the aggression and to what Israel is currently doing, whilst at the same time acknowledging the hostages. Um, and Nadia, we're also going to be talking about something called people planning or people pleasing, um, which is, I know what Nadia means by this, actually. She sent this through. Is there someone in your group who's a people planner, the person who's constantly mapping out what you're going to do? I've got very strong opinions on people planners. But I just want to quickly ask, whilst Nadia's over there warming her own milk, <laughs> Put your breasts Between back in. Thighs. You can't do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, has any, did anyone watch The Way on BBC One on Monday night? I rarely... I came in from seeing a very heavy session with my therapist and I flopped on the sofa and I rarely just flick on the main channels because there's fuck all on them. And uh, it's the new Michael Sheen produced, directed drama. He's in it a bit set in Wales, and I watched it all. Nadia was in the kitchen. I, I was clearing up round the back, the and way. I had a podcast in, and I kept looking over. I didn't say anything to you because I didn't remember, but I thought, my God, you've just come in from a very heavy counselling session. Now you're watching what looks to be the most miserable looking misery. It was abject misery. Was it miserable? I just want to know what people think before I tell you what I, what oh I thought. Um, so just, just, just with our menu of what's coming up, people saying already, I need people planners. And <laughs> um, Yes, I did, Laurel Nichols, Karen Rogers, yes. What did you think of it? I started to, but then lost concentration, Faith Goodman. Uh, I've got it recorded, Cornish Danielle. Uh, I saw some of the first episode, Reese. so did you give up on it too? Um, I, I couldn't reach for the remote. So I, I ended Was that what it was? You were so exhausted because I didn't want to say anything. No, I, I was exhausted. I couldn't reach for the remote. And as I was lying there, I was looking at it, I thought, no, I rarely, in mindfulness, I thought, I don't allow myself just to sit and watch something in the old fashioned way. That if you turn the telly on and this is all that's on and someone in the room wants to watch it, it's on, isn't it? It's on. So I watch it. Now, okay, all I would say was I thought it was incredibly ambitious. And I, I, I want to, I'm conflicted. I don't think it worked. And I think it was a bit confused. And I think it was a bit cliched. And it was a bit depressing. But, and it is a big Why but. Why do you put yourself Hang on, this things. is a more important thing about the state of our fucking civilization. <laughs> oh, God. No, it is. It's the first time I've seen something on television where someone is just, at the very least, trying to do something different. 
It wasn't signposted, clearly signposted. It wasn't. It wasn't That's a good. fucking procedural. But it will never be, it will it never had be shown some, again. It had some really good actors in, in it. Good. They were trying to do different stuff. It was also, which is very rare, I thought it was very adventurous in the way that it used archive footage of the it's set in Port Talbot. It's obviously, Michael Sheen is a huge, hugely, you know. Welsh. Uh, He's hugely Welsh, yeah, for sure. But he's also hugely political about workers' rights and the unions and what have you. So, you know, it is it is located within workers' rights. So it speaks to Thatcherite Britain, the dismantling of the mines and the steelworks and all this. And now that might sound boring to a lot of people, to the vast majority of working class people, that was their entire heritage. And for Wales, a huge... And I thought it was trying to do something really unique and laudable. That said... I did. I. I don't know if I could watch another one. What episode two? But it and it was. Well, really, if you can't, I know. But it was such a crime show. That's the problem because you've the way. just said this is it's the wonderful way. to see something Drama doing something doing something really different. Da da da. And you would be the target audience for that. Yeah, so I mean, it really would be. You would have to continue to watch it if well, you want things to change. Well, I, 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 or at I least prob- just put the channel on. Yeah, I'll watch it because I couldn't reach it. Yeah, no, but, but no, <laughs> but, no I, I had my head in my hands because I was thinking, oh, God, if I was in the edit, I'd have cut that scene a bit shorter and maybe made that a bit... I mean, whatever you... Michael Sheen is a sensational actor. I mean, as soon as he sits there, he's got that thing where he just emanates whatever he is. He's kind of... And I tell you, it had that other thing about it, which... which and it was so close to it that Jerusalem, the play, had. You know, you felt it was about more than just mm. what it was about. It was really emotional footage of, of steelworkers. Well, real footage of steelworkers trying to throw themselves in front of trucks as, really? as companies were... And I just... It was, oh. it was ambitious. And I just wanted to give it a shout-out for its ambition. Really. I mean... Even, I don't think you really did give it a shout-out. I don't know how else to... you said you're not going to watch another one. Well, I'm, I know. I said I am going to watch another one. Just fucking put the remote in there. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, there you go. Um, it's called The Way. It's called The Way. It's on BBC One. Um, and, and it's actually a dystopian future. It's day one. Suddenly, It's great because it's like the, the firelight. What's it called? The, the, what are they called? The gaslight when you've got a light or something. What's Flame? it called? No, no, no. What's it called in a, in pilot. a boiler? Pilot light. So the pilot light of the steelworks, there's this moment where they say, if that goes out, we're all doomed. And then there's a great moment where they're all out and about and he's having a, one of the characters having sex on a beach. And the pilot light goes out. I shat my pants. Bloody hell. You, you had to go at me for telling my story Sorry. about my eye. We don't know where we are now. Yeah. All right. Okay, right. Let's scroll back. That's kind of water cooler chat, isn't it? That's what we, that's what we do. Okay, let's go... Let's talk about, this is a very big handbrake turn. Um, so let's talk about the, because you weren't here yesterday, and obviously it was the tragic news yesterday of Robin Windsor. Wow. 44. Uh, sh- uh, Susanna Reid was in, in bits, because I think she coupled with him, didn't she, when she was on it? She, mm. was, he was, her, uh, she was in bits yesterday talking about this. Um, and I think I kind of spoke to the idea or the feeling or sense that, just even baked into just the limited information we had yesterday, there was a sense that this was possibly a mental health thing. You know, when someone dies of that age, 44, you know, theoretically looks like they've, looks like they've got everything in a sense. But uh, a number of you did point out, look at his last Instagram post, uh, and it was quite sort of portentous in a way. Um, anyway, so these, these, the papers, the, the tabloids are reporting that he was found dead in a hotel, in a London hotel, mm-hmm. that he'd, been, he'd talked to friends about a troubling <coughs> incident. There is no, there no detail or 
anything's given about that. Such a shame, isn't it, when you all these people, so many people have come forward and said how much they love her. Lisa Riley was very upset as well because she partnered her, didn't he? And you just think, God, God, you know, if if he obviously just That's his didn't. Last post. Yeah. His last post is a photograph of him, a sort of monotone yeah. photo of him holding the camera. Looking into camera, it's. I, I hate to say that Riding one knows the, the look, and he said, and all he wrote was hiding in the shadows. Yeah. And his um, mm. his dancer partner Christian Ryanoff, I think, mm. made a statement today as well. Yeah, so I'm just here with Christiana Ryanoff. Yeah. Uh, spoke of the star's battle with his mental health, which he had also bravely shared with fans. Uh, Robin enjoyed a dream holiday to Cape Town. Uh, 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 she said. Um, yeah, I think it's here. That's his post. Yeah, then she said something like, It's a shame that he didn't think that he had any way out, any other way out. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, his friend, partner, Christina Rehanoff, took to social media to discuss his passing. Absolute tragedy. He was a friend, and together we shared endless experiences from our careers. When I got partnered with him on Strictly, I was blown away by his kindness. He stood by me through many rough times during Strictly, for which I'm deeply grateful, as there was no one else to lean on. Um, she said, many of you who went to see his farewell tour know perfectly well that he spoke very openly about his mental health struggles and thoughts of suicide. I'm sure it was devastating for anyone who loves Robin to hear something like that, but those thoughts were in his head for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. And it's so deeply sad that he felt he is better to another place rather than stay here. Too much pain, too much disappointment, too much neglect. Um, and also in his story, I didn't realise, you know, he, he kind of faded away from Strictly because of a back injury. Mm. And, and a, a lot's been made in some of the other columns about just what a crushing, certain sort of, you know, industries, like football is a, is a you know, there's a huge alcohol problem yeah. in football because your career is fast and potentially high. And, and, so, then, and because you have to start so young and be so focused. And it stops much earlier than others, you yeah. know. You know and, and it's it's like... You know, we had uh, Johannes on the show on Friday and um, on Loose Women and he was talking about, you know, when he has children and, you know, that he would, you know, he, he a lot of it will be about when he can afford to have somebody to help him look after the children because, and I said to him, I suppose a big part of that is like being a dancer is so all-encompassing, isn't it? Mm. Like when you're with dancers... I mean, they just are never not a dancer. No. Do you know what I mean? No. And to have that taken taken away, mm. like you say, like sports people and everything, must be so much because the focus, mm. the every, to be, to get to the top of the tree, you have to work so damn hard for years and years and years. Burn you bright and live, briefly. breathe and eat it. Mm. And... Um, I, I think of that with um, the lovely Amy who has um, breast cancer, just being snatched mm. out of Strictly and just not and just not being able to move in that way. It's 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 a lot. Mm. But also, I think this speaks to. I think sometimes maybe we can be lulled into a false sense of security when somebody is talking openly about their mental health, and I think that's something we have to be mindful of. Is that. If it's in plain wonder, sight, it's somehow being looked yeah, after. Yeah, and I'm not talking about Robin mm. at all because I don't know him mm. and I don't really know anything of this story. But it's just made me think around... I mean, maybe sometimes even with you, if we just take it to us. I'm, I'm mindful of, of that. 
that mark that you could appear. I mean, I think your mental health is very good at the moment. You've had very good a very good therapist, and I, I can really see a difference. But I am also always mindful of the fact that if you speak out about mental health, there can be a pressure to be well. You know what I mean? If you're if you're advocating or if you're and um, I think I think that can happen in loads of different situations. So. I think it's really important what you say there, actually. I think, yeah. I think something that can happen and does happen quite a lot is, and I think I've done this, and I think I engage in this sometimes, is that by almost um, saying, by, by almost not posting for posting's sake, but by articulating, sharing, putting out to the outside world an awareness of all aspects of yourself, uh, an awareness of the highs, the lows, a sort of an ability it would seem you're trying to not, not in a sort of conscious you're not doing it in a sort of consciously oh i'm going to do but what you end up doing is it's a it's a coping mechanism yeah, exactly. your coping mechanism is to actually say to the world i'm across this i've, I've you know mm. i'm i'm this i'm that because it's a it little bit it's, hang on, it's a little bit like uh, people who who have profound problems with drink you know before they get sober if they're going to get sober say you know i know i'm an alcoholic but or, you know, I know, I, I know I'm, you know, I'm across this. Keeps people at arm's length. Keeps people at arm's length. And, and you're right. I do sometimes, and that's one of my issues around sometimes mental health awareness week, is that we, it's permitted for a moment, but even in the permission for a moment, whereas it should be constant, just like health is constant, mental health topic, I mean, they do come up all the time, to be honest with you. I do think there is much more discussion that does happen. But I do also think that there is a kind of strange reversibility for the, for the person struggling with their mental health, to use the, the awareness and language of mental health in the world as another shield to hide within and actually get lost behind. And you become less and less catered for and, and, and more and more sort of, you know, ill in a sense. And I think also when people talk about their mental health outwardly, you know, it can be much bigger to that person and you can, they can start to feel... Oh my God, I'm talking about this all the time or I talk about it too much. So today I'll fake it to make it and tomorrow I'll fake it to make it. And sometimes I'll say to Mark, are you okay? And he'll say, yeah, 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 it's fine. I went, no, let's sit down and actually tell me how are you? How are you? And I honestly, he used, you used to, I hope you don't mind talking about it, you're like, you're not here, but you used to, you would never respond to that. You would get angry you would get defensive, you would think I was having a go at you for being moody or being some way, but it was just a way of pushing away the actual question, mm. which is how actually are you? The and I notice a massive difference in you if you are struggling and something's building when you do actually just say it to me, you know? I think, I think it's, a really, it's really difficult. When people ask, how are you? I, one of the things I, I feel like I'm discovering more and more is less and less of what can be helpful to your mental health is actually deliverable in language. It, 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 it becomes almost less and less of a useful tool because it speaks to nothing that you're feeling. Mm. I mean, that's not to say that there's great articulacy around it. I, I think I, I can be quite articulate around it. Very articulate. But that can be your downfall sometimes. I, precisely. You can articulate your way out of and it. And sometimes I have to step back from that because actually I can theorise it and then it becomes something that's kind exactly of neat with a neat little bow on top of it, even if it's not about it being a neat bow. It's about there not being a neat bow. It becomes a neat bow. Zoe, you've just said, I just want to pull, pull this up. I've had to stop posting as much now about my mental health due to pressure of people judging on how I'm meant to feel. There's another part of this, which I talked about briefly with Kaz in our live, which I think is really important. I think there's, 
I think there's always something to be said and there's always something that can be said, but there's always something that shouldn't be said and can't be said about mm -hmm. everyone's mental health at all times. It's forever flowing and it's a forever moving thing. There's no fix. I think one of the dangers with social media is that we can get trapped into thinking. It can encourage us to think that it's a bite sizable chunkable thing that can be posted about and we can have hacks and we can have memes and we can have... And all this stuff can be useful at times... But I think for the person who's creating that content, you end up becoming, you're kind of, not, it's not commodifying it, but you're kind of trying to streamline something that's in, you can't articulate it and you can't deliver it. And I, one thing I ended up saying to Kaz was, there's not an awful lot of original stuff to be said sometimes about what it takes to stay sober. It's about the graft. It's about... So getting on with pretty it simple today. getting on with mm. it it's about having the willpower to do it and then when it comes to lots of other mental health issues more often than not it is about physical aspects that distract and take you out and remove you it's about a, a peace of mind it's about all these other things that i struggle with doing mindfulness and all that kind of stuff and sometimes i think we can get trapped in thinking we can read the solution or we can you know but that's watch why i sometimes say to you you know what is it and 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 you you know, we've got to this place now where you can say it isn't a thing I can say. And then we just know that it is that overwhelmingness yeah. of depression uh -huh. or whatever. And, and that all you can do with somebody then, I think in my experience and with Mark, is to just be there. You know, give mm. the longest hug. You know, repeat that it will pass. It will lift. Doesn't mean it's going to go forever and something else will come in. And I know that can be really frustrating for people that are sad but it is, a, we have to repeat those kinds of thoughts because I think that's what often will will become something that then just comes in. You have to repeat it over and over. It mm. will pass. Something might, worse might come, but this particular thing will pass. So, I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong, because as Zoe says, I've been working myself behind the scenes from social media and it's helped so much. Yoga's know, mm. been a huge help. Barbara Farogian, sorry if I've pronounced that incorrectly. Uh, thank you for putting into words what I have not found the words to explain regarding mental health. Oh, I mean, you know, don't get me... I, I think social media is a brilliant tool. It's a brilliant tool for sharing. It's a brilliant tool for connection. It's a brilliant tool for kind of, you know, being able to open your mouth and, and get stuff out. And perhaps it can relate to someone else. That's why I found the, the live with Kaz really good. Other lives I've done in the past really useful. It, it's less about a strategy. I think if you come into mental health thinking... Um, I need to strategize my way out of this. You're gonna, you're gonna hit, you're gonna hit a cul-de-sac pretty fast. And I've done that because I'm a strategic thinker. But also, it really helps. Like sometimes I can tell the difference. Like sometimes when you do a chat on uh, drinking, it's like you know when I do the body image stuff, it just really helps me because it reinforces things that I'm not using, things that I'm forgetting, things that I'm like. You know, when you when you bring them to other people, mm. and that's that wonderful thing that you can have back and forth with social mm. media, isn't it? Absolutely. But it is about knowing, seeing it as just a piece of the puzzle mm. and not the everything. Mm. And knowing that sometimes people can set themselves up as dealing really well with their mental health, and they're sort of hoisted by their own... Petard. petard. Okay, we're going to move on, but all our thoughts there, just... just you know, tragic, what Robin Windsor's friends, family, colleagues will all be going through. Really sad, really sad time. Mm. Um, Keir Starmer ceasefire, UK ceasefire vote today. Okay, what, what is happening here? Break it down for us. Okay. Like, what is going on? We've just heard so many different ways of describing ceasefires. 
I mean, the ceasefire to me is stop blowing people up. Yeah, but, okay, so, so the SNP, the Scottish Nationalist Party, are bringing forward a, a you know, tabling a motion to call for an immediate ceasefire. Um, they've brought it before the House of Commons, it's going to be voted on later, and, um, you know, um, parliamentary rules mean that, um, you know, adjustments or uh, amendments can be brought to this. You know, they can amend the wording, they can bring an amendment to that, they can make a suggestion. Right. So the Conservative Party can make... Add in another line and the Labour Party right. can redefine what they can say. And, and So is the SNP's simple line then calling for a ceasefire? So cease the SNP is, is calling for a ceasefire and they, they mention the hostages, but um, Keir Starmer, and, and so there's been all week, there's been huge wrangling and negotiations between the SNP and the Labour Party uh, as, as they've tried to get on board with it. Because Keir Starmer wants to avoid the optics of looking like he's not voting for a ceasefire. And then loads of his, his, part, his government are kind of saying, this isn't strong enough, we're not being strong enough, you know? So we, we've seen him running around saying, we want a ceasefire, we want a stop to the violence and all this kind of stuff, um, and what have you. Um, good question. I don't know if the petitions get taken into account or no, not, Victoria. No, it's me too. They're saying the government is also trying to align themselves with Prince William's... Statement, did you well, say Well, Prince, yeah, Prince, yeah. Oh. So the government is not using the language of a ce of ceasefire. They, 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 their amendment is to call for a humanitarian pause still. Um, to be, it's good. Labour have moved towards the word ceasefire. Labour's problem with the SNP motion was that it didn't include, that the SNP motion itself included the phrase something along the lines of that what Israel was doing was disproportionate. It kind of, it calls for the release of the hostages, but it also, you know, stated that what Israel was doing was overbearing and over the, uh, too much. And, and that was what, that's what Keir Starmer and they have been negotiating about. It's less about whether they're all on the same page around ceasefire it, and what, na what the nature of that ceasefire is. It's about the language that's being used around criticising and condemning um, Israel's actions uh, uh, versus also, you know, demanding freedom for the hostages. So the, the one part, so what, so here's the thing, it's really quite, it's quite complicated, but at the same time, what's unedifying, as I said at the beginning about this, is, is that there is even this scramble happening for a definition of anything. When what we're seeing right now, I hate to say it, you know, October, this, you know, you want the release of the hostages. Well, Netanyahu's we not doing a lot to do that. We are in Three a, months. Yeah. We are, in a, we are in a situation where, you know, the potential attack on Rafa and, you know, is going to result in a massive, an even bigger humanitarian crisis than what, than what we've already seen. What makes all of this complex? So theoretically, theoretically, um, the SNP are going to have, have their motion put before the House of Parliament. Theoretically, the Labour Party have got on board with it and they've agreed a sort of linguistic deal that essentially calls for a ceasefire holds Hamas responsible, holds Israel responsible for disproportionality at the moment, at the moment. But, and this is the but, the, lead, the, the Speaker of the House has the power, that's Lindsay Howell, is that his name? Has the, has the power to decide which amendment takes priority. If he, and usually it's the government's amendment that takes priority. If he, say, if he only allows the government amendment, which means that essentially the amendment to the bill would be a humanitarian pause, it puts Keir Starmer back in the position that he was originally not having negotiated with the SNP, do you get me? So suddenly he's in a position where he, they'd all be voting on something that isn't quite the ceasefire he wants and the language of a ceasefire that he wants 
And then all of his party are, are held in a kind of, well, but we're going to vote for, we, we don't care, we, we support the SMA. So the SNP have got the most, ex, sort of, if you like, the simplest version of a ceasefire. Labour have got caveats to the ceasefire. The Tories have got humanitarian pause and still aren't even saying ceasefire. So if Lindsay, if, if the Speaker Meanwhile. of the House says go for the humanitarian pause, Labour, Labour's sort of caveats are then locked out and they're going to have to go for either humanitarian pause, not good, or history would say that he can't, Keir Starmer can't get on board with the SNP's wording because the SNP's wording doesn't hold Hamas responsible enough and is more critical of Israel. And meanwhile, imagine if we said today 400 primary schools, every single child has been killed. Because that's the numbers we're talking about. Tim Reed, ceasefire and, and while is ceasefire. People, while people uh, jump and play games around the words here, it has to bloody stop. I mean, the... It has to stop. They are dying of starvation now as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is... This is unforgivable this is, uh, semantics. Semantics. Unforgivable. I mean, as Meechoop says, it speaks nothing towards anything happening. Just because, no. even if the vote goes doesn't through, doesn't make doesn't make any difference. I mean, Israel said yesterday they are outside of international law. They don't have to pay any mind to international Quite law. Quite proudly, very out, proudly, outside of international. How can you have a? I mean, when Russia says that, and they don't actually say it that overtly, we all rightly go, "Hang on a minute!" Everyone's going mad. I mean, the Navalny story is is horrible and awful, but it's telling, isn't it? The 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 the, the, the volume of voices for one man. Versus wow. thousands upon thousands. Yesterday they were shooting at them as they ran for the few bags of flour that were allowed in for the aid. Allowed in because they're not allowing any aid in. And they shot them. They were shooting them off as they were running for the flour. And we're sitting around here going, mm, mm, that word or that word. Oh, mm, mm, mm. And quite rightly, it's so many Nothing's going to stop anyway. Yeah. So the Labour text in their oh amendment God, omits like the Labour text in their in their amendment omits the accusation given in the SNP motion that Israel is waging collective punishment. That's what that's what the Labour Party don't like about the SNP motion is that the SNP motion says that Israel is waging collective punishment. I think it's a pretty, I think, and and you know, and and that again speaks to they don't want to in Labour. Starmer still doesn't want to say that Israel has acted in any disproportionate fashion. I'll tell you what the nuance is This here. is the man that said it's okay to turn the water Precisely. off. This is the man we, I will never, as long as I live, forgive or forget that he said that. And the nuance, here, the nuance here, which is really quite chilling, is what they're all saying in, in drawing this distinction with Rafa, is that, in a sense, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to do, they're literally at this very moment trying to change history in their party's uh, policies by saying that Rafa is the tipping point. Rafa is where things get go wrong. The Rafa, but what's interesting about Rafa is it hasn't happened yet. It, I mean, obviously it started in So if in they direct... stop it, they can say they stopped it. Precisely. Never mind if you look backwards. But they can't... If you look over your shoulder Precisely. backwards to Rafa. So the reason, the, Rafa, the reason they it's... don't, the reason Starmer can't get on board with the collective punishment is he can't sign up to anything that retrospectively says what they've he done did. is wrong. Oh. So I really want to know what Starmer's going to do when and if the ICJ come through and say plausible, you know, if they do come down saying genocidal acts have happened legally, I mean... Um, it's going to be interesting. They're all trying to get. This is them. This isn't about doing anything other than trying to get on the right side of history. With it's all it's all semantics and it's all existential. So they're all now they're all attaching this to Rafa. Rafa is the thing, which right. of course it is. 
But they right. don't want to be able to retrospectively be seen to be saying well, everything they've done is wrong so far. And I wouldn't be at all surprised. So they're going to ride in and save the day because they stopped the final massacre in Rafa. And I Even though they're all, they're all starving, they've got no yeah. water, they've got no home, they've got no... Wow. There might even be, there might even, but I don't want to get all conspiracy theory about this, but there might even be a strong argument that huge diplomatic conversations are happening behind the scenes that this is the set dressing for it to end at Rafa. Okay. And which everyone can leave the table going, oh, God, I'm going to be got out of that one. Sick. It does make you feel physically sick, doesn't it? So anyway, on that note, let's just have a look at this story just briefly. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Because out, out in the Atlantic, we tried to fire, fire a Trident uh, missile. It literally... And uh, Grant Shapps, is it? Is he the new Defence Minister? Yeah, uh, Defence Secretary. He was, he was on board HMS Vanguard to watch this glorious moment. Oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. Can you imagine oh. Kim Jong-un laughing through the other side of his binoculars? Well, I mean, as our rocket went any, like this, it went... This, is Ooh. this any better than Kim Jong-un always laughing as he yeah, but at least things it, into well, I don't the mean air. at least. His missiles go up. A Trident missile dramatically misfired and crashed into the ocean just yards away from the nuclear sub that launched it. It literally flopped into the sea. I mean, the second it's the second failed launch in a row. This is the What does biggest... that say to our enemies? Well, it's the biggest message. And how much money? Putin right now is rolling a great oh. big fat one. <laughs> And he's going down to his palace somewhere in wherever, and he's going to be like, right, team, we don't even need to use the nukes. Excuse me, well, now he's in. Excuse me. It's not, it's not got a nuclear. It's not got it's a not nuclear. Dangerous. It hasn't got a nuclear warhead attached to it. Fine. Thank that God. Must be being a bit stupid. Thank, I mean, you know. Um, yes, it hasn't. We're doomed. We do. So, again, you know, this isn't about. I'm not saying we should all have nuclear weapons, but we live in this curious world where nuclear. I wonder you know, if it landed on one of the submarines, the Russian submarines that is constantly circling us. There's loads of them, there's nothing we can do. Imagine being a killer whale. You know, you're on a swim and you're like, you're it swimming looks like along. a killer whale. And then suddenly, this thing, that's the submarine. And then suddenly yeah. the missile just lands there. 17 million per missile. See you, Tim. Um, and HMS Vanguard and the submarine itself cost something like is it three quarters three quarter, three billion or something to make and it went thump. oh guys we must be in America the Americans will be roaring with laughter though you know well they're not scared they don't care what happens to us America do they? and this idea that America cares about us is a joke um, they don't at all don't forget we own the Finnish America owns the finishing line. That's Biden. So anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> Anne Murray, would Viagra help? <laughs> a proper flop in the ocean. How embarrassing. Not that right. one wants to stand there. We've game, got to yeah. move on because we've got Yeah, so, so the only other last thing is people pleasing or people fight. planning. So shall we wrap that up and do that tomorrow? No, because okay, we said we're it. getting people okay. like it. Yeah, people pleaser. So who is the people pleaser in your... Are you a people... So this is a bit more than a people pleaser. This is a people planner. Or the planner friend. The planner friend. The one that organises the trips, that um, pays for the air tickets, doesn't get the money back, um, does all of that over and over again. And the different reasons why people are the planners. When I think back, when I think across backwards and I think across different groups and when I think of the people that are the people planners 
Actually, do you know who's yeah. really good at it? Planning the annual Jane friends. Moore does it. Yes. Right. She's our planner. Oh, sightseeing. And we're going. We're we're going soon to see um, Denise and her play in Manchester. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to organise. I'm going to do the theatre tickets this time. I'm going to do it because Jane always does everything. Good on you. Anyway, I did it. Oh my god, I'm so proud of myself. Really? Anyway, so yeah, so um, Jane, we were on the WhatsApp group the other day, and I said, oh, and uh, Jane started the thing. She didn't know I'd got the tickets, and she said. Right, so what about the um, of, of where we're staying? And then Kay was saying about the train tickets. And I went, um, I, I've organised, I've organised the theatre tickets, and um, I've done it. And it was it was really good that I did mm. because there weren't many spaces and all of this. And um, they came back and they went, um, oh, uh, I didn't yeah, like and it. On, no, just on to the next thing. And I was like, no, so I'm then I left another message going. <laughs> Uh, thing is, I was expecting a little bit of a round of applause there for uh, getting the ticket. Not really, I am joking, but no, I'm not actually. Anyway, I went through all this thing. Anyway, they still didn't comment on it. And then I was like, oh, God, I was really expecting some. But it's because I never do that. I never do that, that planning. It's just de rigueur. And, and, and Jane never, ever does the woe is me. She never does the martyrdom. She never does any of it. She doesn't want to be congratulated on booking tickets. But... A lot of people that I've known in the past always seem to then resent it. Oh. They'll do oh. it, but then a start as an oh. amount of resentment comes in. And I always think, why do you always do it then? Don't do the next time. But those are the kind of people who, and you can be in relationships with them, there are, there are certain types of people who want the grievance of something mm. all the time. Um, I just noticed one of the things they say there is is planning, creating a list of sightseeing activities. I mean, I always, I mean, within family, I've always done that. I love doing that. I love creating. But there are different types. Like, there'll be people here that are all the different types. The ones I, that really want to do it and want to make it into a lovely trip and want to make sure everybody... Is there a bit of control freakery in here, though? But I don't think... See, I sometimes like a control freak because I'm so disorganised. So I'm always really grateful. Like, oh, my God, it's amazing that you did that. Some people do it because they know that everyone is so flaky that they're never going to get together as a group unless they do it. Do you know what I mean? So there's mm. lots of different... And, and I think Jane's that sort of person. She's not martyrdomed about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's just like, well, I'm good at it. She always says, organisation is my superpower. But this, this is an article about someone who decided to stop, stop being it. the planner friend because for them it was all about people pleasing. I mean, just it's not quite the same example because I, I haven't really been on holiday with friends at all. Um, but when, when, uh, and when you're filming, you're always got, you've got a schedule and a call sheet and you know what you're going for. I do love the act of kind of preparing and structuring stuff for everyone because I know that sometimes I think, oh, people just won't know where to look to find the yeah, right stuff. Yeah, but you to are what right I would stuff. call a good people planner because you're not going to take it personally no, no. and you're not going to get upset and you're not going to go into a sulk if it all doesn't go according to plan. What I think is really awful... But giving it up, I think, is quite nice. ...is the people exhausted. that get annoyed with the people planner. Oh, that's... Because I've seen that... Or let them down. Or don't pay them. Yeah. Or just go, oh, no, I'm not coming now. Yeah. You know, that sort of person... <laughs> yeah. ...is... Because though I don't ever people plan, I'm really mindful about paying my way and da-da-da and saying thank you loads yes. of times. And I think that too many people can take advantage of the people Ellie Denning says, my sister is a teacher and seriously on holiday, it's like a school trip. Mm. We get told what to do. I don't like the plan. Nah. I don't like the microscopic control. Nah. What I like to do whenever I've planned something is I'll go, here's, here, there's these things to do. 
and I'll float them around in conversation. If there's a kind of positive response, I'll try and find times to do them. Generally also, I'm gonna be the driver, so I know that I need, it's about logistics and geography. That side of it all is really complicated, actually. Some and of the things amazing. we've done, it, it is the logistics of getting one oh, to brilliant. another, to, and timings, and is it open? I mean, my worry for you is, you've done so well. Have you triple-checked that you've booked it for the right day? Just Move on. Okay. Just... Just enough. Yes, yeah, so people planning as people please. I think there are two things. You can, you're either a people pleaser as a people planner, or, or you're a control freak. And I'm just trying a, to remember what she said um, about giving it up. I hate people who walk into your house and tell you what to do. I'm not suggesting for a minute that's what Dina does. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just find it really unsettling and arrogant. And I feel like saying, fuck off and look at your own place. Not, not, not at all Dina. I'm just, what did you say not no, Dina? No, 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 because I'm joking, because I was just trying to think of who does come in here and says you need to do this. <laughs> Dina, all the time. And... More often than not, she's right. But I do find, I can think of people in the past that can kind of just go, just be really, hang on a minute, you're curtailing my human rights. Stop it. <laughs> I do, you know, I don't like this. I can't find it. I, I just wanted to see for. what happened at the end when she gave it up. Oh, it's here. It's here. Yeah. I'm aware that, uh, yeah. Taking a break made me reflect on the reasons why I gravitate yes. towards being a planner. Deep down, I know there's an element of control that dictates my need to plan. If I plan it, then I get to suggest the activities and food spots that I know I'll like. I don't... Ooh. Oh, that's... That's sinister. Oh. Now, you see, if I were people planning... If I invite you to see this movie that I'm desperate to see, then I won't have to sit through a poorly chosen film that has no plot. Oh, my God, what I didn't even arrogance. know that was a way of thinking. So that you can decide everything. So, basically, you're planning every, what everyone does so that you can do what you want to do. That's horrible. I see, I wouldn't enjoy oh. anything unless I thought, look, I can enjoy something I really don't want to do if it's what everyone else wants to do. So maybe we're just really, really people pleasers. Because oh <laughs> yeah. I couldn't make a decision because mm. I'd be like, oh, what if so-and-so doesn't like this? And what if it would, it's just such a head fuck. Like to book a restaurant for a group of people, just couldn't do it. Because I'd be the whole time looking around the table worrying that somebody doesn't like what they've got. Well, she says here, it is about my friends, of course. Oh, please. <laughs> and their happiness. Oh, that's nice. But it's also very much about me and the various anxieties I have. Anxieties. Yes. Control. Wow. control. So control often comes from a place of fear. Anger leads to hate and, and, and hate leads to Which suffering. Which I understand that, but I don't like the just so that I can have everything the way I want it. Anyone recognise that in any of the people planners in their life? But maybe if we look back now at all the people that have done that, maybe that's what they've been doing. I do you think it's a good... Tiggy, I hate the term control freak. You're either organised or bossy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Lorna Stewart, Ellen, that's funny. My friend is like that. Even if we're having dinner at her house, she presents a laminated note of the night's events. Oh, but you see, Dina does. Dina does that. But it's 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 so lovely. She likes she, role play. She gets really excited about it as well. She goes like, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And she gets dressed up and she'll she's do it. She's got to be done a certain way, though. Look at that fucking hole. I'm scared about when she sees what I've done for the, draw the drawers. I'm in big trouble with her. Don't worry, it's vlogged. Laminators um, will laminate. <laughs> it's, just <laughs> it's true. But you see, I I suppose my thing is... I really relish other people's skills. I love it. So I will unashamedly go, oh my God, you are so brilliant to organise that. Staple everything into our walls, you say. But, 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 um, and I think that's, that's, what, what? you just come right in the middle of my sorry, sentence. Sorry. It's an exchange. Well, carry on now, because no. I can't think what I was saying. No, you love it when people come in. You're in, you're in, no, no, I was being jokey about Dina being creative, but it actually involves stapling everything, doesn't it? At some point, 
You are going to have to get over the staples in the wall. We need right? to pull it all the down. The wall was a mess. We haven't not decorated it as much a mess for as it is 15 now. fucking not years. Hard. Let's not start. If Let's it not now start. Means, if it now means, if my sister putting staples into that wall means we this are going... This is No, you... Ow! You've just pulled my nipple off. Sorry, that was an accident. If my sister stapling wallpaper... Into the wall. Look, it's gone so hard. Means look, shush. Look at my nipple. Me no, finish. No. That we are going to get that hall decorated, or oh. indeed we're going to decorate ourselves. Okay. Halla bloody Lulia. And I tell you what, I'll be doing next. I'll be stapling this ceiling. That's that. I'll be stapling. I'm going to go round and I'm going to staple every area that hey, needs you've been something very done to it. Because you L won't listen. Look. You won't let us do it and you won't let me get a man in to do it. So staple... Jackie Valina, you tried to steal the staple gun. Then, you're all going to regret this because now, and you can bear really witness hurt. this, I'm going to staple everything that needs oh, doing. Oh, God. Everything. It's all right. Dina's already done it. She's stapled oh, everything. Oh, Look, you, you think... I you, am not joking. You think it's just the hall. You think it's just the hall, do you, that needs work? Oh, my God. Who started this? Why? Faith Goodman, we are going to be filming the decorating. Don't worry. DIY does not work. Do you it yourself. You are shit at it. Oh, and you don't let me bring in any men to do it for. I don't want to do it. Like somebody might say to me, well, why don't you do it? It's because I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I have no skills. I have zero DIY skills. Jackie Valino, the chalet people, will still be there next Christmas. The chalet Christmas. is still there. Um, Tracy Gordon, you two lift my spirits. I, I cannot tell you how much that hurt. It was actually an accident, but it was a beautiful one. Yeah. I've not had an, a nipple that erect since the first time we met. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. We love you, but we leave you. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification. Have a lovely day.